Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Psychedelia for the previous hour of broadcasting. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, now clearing the air with myself, Iris, for the next hour. Firstly, I'd like to start off with an acknowledgement of country. We're broadcasting over the lands of the Kulin Nations, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples. Indigenous sovereignty was never ceded. Genocide continues. And the resistance by First Nations people is ongoing. Yeah, so this is Queering the Air. I'm Iris, um, white settler, trans, feminine person. And I'd firstly like to start off by thanking listeners for your support with the June station appeal. 3CR managed to raise over $120,000, but we still need more money to keep radical community-powered radio going. So you can go to 3cr.org.au slash donate to do that. Oh, 
You're listening to Career the Air on 3CR Community Radio. That was Poison by Darkwater. Next up, we have an interview with Karen de Cognac by Mini of Satellite Skies. And it's about the messed up public housing um, occupation by police by the Andrew State Government. That's happened over the past week. Yeah, uh, it's just such an extreme thing. And like looking at it now from I'm right here, there's there's like multiple people walking around in uh, in uh, plastic suits and things, and yeah. it's kind of like created a circular fear around it. And you know, like these are the most vulnerable people for various reasons, but they're in public housing, mm. and uh, they're kind of like, well, they're the most vulnerable minorities we've got, and mm. they're actually being like, they, they, they don't matter because it's all like it's not their health and safety. I don't think that's been kind of worried about. It's just mm. like, and they're, they're also being looked at as not they're not uh, smart enough or whatever to or educated to make the decisions and do what everyone else does. Like, why aren't they doing this out in, uh, you know, Brighton or something? Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, in Anywhere sort of like that's an apartment, apartment that isn't blocks. private, uh, isn't public housing. Yeah. So you're down yeah. at the Flemington Flats at the moment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right at the front. Is that where you and, work? Uh, at the... Yeah, so at the corner of, um, actually, I can't tell what the street is, but, yeah, on yeah. one of the corners, yeah. Uh, and there's just like fire engines, cops, a massive amount of them around. Like um, Rachel's just going to talk to this trans woman friend of ours. Yeah. See if she's all right. And, and so she uh, lives she's going to wait for in the window. She and, lives um, in the Flemington Towers, your friend? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, just off Flemington Road. And um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just a, like the, the level of mental health issues in these places, too, as you know. Like, mm. you know, like they're huge. And, uh, so what, whatever's going to. The, the effects that nothing to do with COVID, COVID ideas that are going to come from this are going to be huge, you yeah. know. Like, uh, so, and it's all about the way you do something. Like, they, exactly. they, uh, everyone understands they need to do stuff. Yeah. Like, they need to make places safe, but it's how you do it. You don't mm. have to do things in a scary way. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, there's Indigenous people here, there's African people here, there's, like, trans people here, there's, um, you know, all kinds of people that haven't got the... Uh, all the sort of, uh, you know, all the, the, the kind of privilege to walk around and sort of let, yeah. not let things just deflect things. They have to carry them and as a burden. And uh, yeah. now they've just got a whole lot extra to carry, I think. Yeah. So uh, any particular questions you wanted to – or thought that you – I yeah. know you, you sent me a few through, but it's yeah. hard to see them now. No, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I guess um, – yeah. yeah, so you live at – are you still living in the tower up on Wellington Street? The, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. so I'm still up on the fifteenth floor there. Yeah, and, and um, it's a pretty hectic as it was. It was, mm. it was like it wasn't bad enough. And then, but last night, yeah. I went to meet a date downstairs, and um, the guy pulled up, and I was just standing at the front mm. at about eleven o'clock, and um, the the the, the, um, the Diddy car gr- gr- uh, just cruises by, and you know, okay, they cruise the place and they watch it. The car, but then it goes and yeah. stop. Yeah, then it goes and just pulls over stops and watches as my friend gets out and, you know, yeah, right. yeah, so my, I get surveilled, my date gets surveilled, mm. you know, and like... And it feels like surveillance is, like, increasing well, at, resi- at other um, towers at the moment. Well, I'm yeah. kind of thinking it's like the, a bit of a laugh for them to watch a trans woman waiting out in the cold for their guy to arrive and, yeah. you know... Like, you know, it's not, we're not talking uh, crime or anything. It's like yeah. we're just talking a little – and this is not a lockdown area. That, yeah. that wasn't, you know, in Collingwood. So yeah. so even those areas have been covertly, I think, um, kind yeah. of locked down in a, in a way that's not uh, respectful and all that. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon? Do you sort of think, feel that or like the uh, – Sorry? Do you also feel that or uh, – Yeah, absolutely. I mean – like I'm sort of a, a bit away from the rest of the estate because I'm in disability housing. So I feel like I'm, you know, in quite a privileged situation of I'm on a, I'm on a street that's mostly private, private well, residential street. Like, but as yeah. soon as I cross over, yeah, to visit my friends and stuff on the estate where the towers mm. and that are, it's, I mean, there's always an increased police yeah. surveillance around there, but yeah, it definitely mm. feels like, I mean, especially right now when they're saying like, basically trying to blame COVID on people that are more vulnerable to catching it, just trying to, like, blame people, then, yeah, people are being treated like criminals 
when there's no crime being committed. Absolutely. I mean, if this was an apartment block, you know, in North Sydney or in, um, Mm. you know, uh, St Kilda even, I don't reckon, you know, I wouldn't be just treated the same way. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a racial and, uh, well, a, a minority uh, oppressive response. Yeah, so Absolutely. Kind of um, like, I think we've got to watch out, us in, over in Collingwood, because, um, mm. you know, we could be treated the same way. So, Very yeah. Easy. Yeah. Um, what are some of your concerns, I guess, um, just before I started recording, before you did mention, like, I guess, some of the concerns of your friend who's another trans woman who's living in the Flemington yes. Towers. What, yeah, what are your some concerns about yourself and your neighbours if the same um, requirements were put mm. on your well, um, towers? It's already very it's difficult and fraught. Yeah, as you know, like, mm. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll, sorry, Gabe's all right then. Yeah, yeah, our friend's all right. Yeah, um, I've got to head back because the boss is going to be wondering where I am. No so, thanks um, so much, yeah, Karen. So, yeah, so um, look, uh, I just think that the dangers are that um, people get stereotyped as uh, like um, irresponsible in that, and mm. then that increases racism, phobias of all kinds. Yeah. You know, things against people with mental illnesses. And uh, more and more, uh, it just increases discrimination generally. So it actually brings up, it actually increases oppression. It increases an extra layer. Absolutely. Sort of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. And, Thank um, you so much. yeah, we've got to somehow deal with it. Yeah. And, uh, but, but a unity is a good thing, you know, for us minorities who, you know, kind of women, trans. You know, indigenous. You know, kind of. Uh, you know, we've all got our kind of um, lack of the entitlement that other people have got. And so, yeah. by sticking together, I think, and trying to, uh, yeah, being in unity is a good is a good way to go. I think, and I think it's really interesting. This has come straight after Black Lives Matter. It's like a, it's mm-hmm. kind of like. You know, and the one, of course, it's like coincidental, but at the same time, it's like you think after that that people will do things more delicately, you know. But you yeah. would know this more than me, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah they don't give a shit. We need to yeah. Hey, do you want to talk to my friend Rachel for a sec? Yeah, she sure. wants to say hello. Hi. No, she's not really in the headspace. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. No stress. She's all right. No yeah. pressure. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll let you go, Karen, but thank you so much. And that was Minnie Miller from. DOS show Satellite Skies talking to Karen DeConnack about the public housing uh, occupation by police um, authorised by the Andrew State Government. It really is indicative of the class and race oppression and other oppressions around public housing and around the big government. Hey, um, it's messed up. Next we have Work Blokes by Thelma's Thumb and then Song 33 by No Name. I'm so sick of these woke blokes living their woke lives Fucking their woke girls not like me You're not like me He's like, kill the boy down the road Who hurt the girl real bad Unless he is my friend Or plays in my favourite band He says, change the day, you should be grateful You're only staring the pie Babe, there's only so much I can do And your engine's gotta start But I don't want to let it go If I do, no one will know How it feels to be alone And I just want it to stop I'm so sick of these woke blokes Living their woke lives Fucking their woke girls Not like me You're not like me I'm so sick of these woke blokes living their woke lives Fucking their woke girls not like me You're not like me He does yoga in the morning and cocoa afternoon He wants to take me to Bali, get me drunk on the full moon His friends all start to panic when each of my But I don't want to let it go If I do, no one will know How it feels to be alone And I just want it to stop I'm so sick of these woke blokes Living their woke lives Fucking their woke girls Not like me You're not like me I'm so sick 
Patriarchy, like scrubbing blood off the ceiling and bleaching another carpet. How my house get on it? Why toy and body don't embody all the life she wanted? The baby just 19. I know I dream all black. I say not everything. Immortalizing tweets, all caps. They say they found her dead. One girl missing, another one go missing. One girl missing another, but niggas in the back quiet as a church mouse. Basement studio when duty calls to get the verse out. I guess the ego hurt now. It's time to go to work. Wow, look at him go. He really doubts to write about me when the world is in smokes. When it's people in trees. When George was begging for his mother saying he couldn't breathe. You thought to write about me? One girl missing another one go missing. One girl missing another one. Yo, but little did I know all my reading would be about There is trans women being murdered And this is all he can offer And this is all y'all receive Distract you from the convo with organizers They talking abolishing the police And this is a new world order We democratizing Amazon We burn down borders This is a new vanguard This is a new vanguard I'm the new vanguard And that was No Name with Song 33 Check out her Rad Book Club online And educate yourself about the world Um... So next up, we're going to jump into an interview I did over Zoom. Um, we're positively positive all the way over in Seattle in the so-called US. And yeah, stay tuned to Querying the Air on 3CR Community Radio. So I'm joined on Querying the Air by Positively Positive, who also runs education production on the same name. Um, and yeah, could you introduce yourself for listeners? Um, yes, I am positively positive. Uh, I am a performance artist around <laughs> that does spoken word poetry, um, hip hop, and and I do like poetry and hip hop as a way to educate the public about issues impacting the LGBTQ community, including the aromantic and asexual identities. I'm also a black person who is um, born with HIV. I identify as queer, uh, transgender, um, trans masculine, and non-binary. And my pronouns are they, them, theirs. Cool. Um, yeah, so you're joining from Seattle, Washington in so-called US or Turtle Island. And what's it like over there at the moment? Because I know over here in so-called Australia, we get lots of news about um, the uprising against anti-black violence over there um, and we're seeing calls to defund the police go mainstream. How would you describe the moment at the moment for you? Um, Seattle is just like one interesting city because like on the surface it just seems like oh it's such a liberal city everyone's so happy but like within the past like month actually yeah a month with like the um, death of George Floyd. And then I was like listening to the radio and like how the Seattle Police Department like decreased its like, um, what's that term? Or police misconduct like by 1%. And then on, on the radio is saying like, oh, there's an issue of like police violence here. I'm just like, whoa, there's so much issues of police terrorism happening within Seattle, especially um, black communities and brown communities, immigrant communities. Um, I know for myself, I haven't had much interaction with the police, but I also have friends who are protesters and I just like, and just my heart's just out for them because like being like the protesters being tear gassed and reading about um, one person um, who was a protester dying from the tear gas related um, injury because it activated that person's asthma. 
So it's just like really sad just how aggressive the police have been, especially with individuals who are um, displaying their um, First Amendment rights to bring about social change and like how people are not protected, especially when just speaking up for an issue of injustice. Um, I also feel like within the COVID-19 adds like a lot of layers of complication. Mm. They say like to social distance, but I feel like if you're a middle class person, you have the privilege to social distance. But if you're poor or homeless, like you cannot social distance. So it's just like a question around equity, especially around classism, especially race and how that operates. Um and just just really sad just how the current events are happening, especially within the Seattle area. And there's criticisms of the mayor, Mayor Jenny Durkheim. Durkheim. Uh, the criticisms about, like, how she, like, keeps tear-gassing protesters and increasing, like, the police budget. And, like, a lot of that funding could be used for mental health services especially services that house, like, homeless people. So I feel like it's an issue around housing um, and food. Uh, and it's, like, the same conversation been happening. And it's, like, why keep, like, increasing the funding to police where people in the communities need funding just to survive? When I say communities, I'm talking about disenfranchised communities that have histories of, like, alienation because of like the racism that's founded, the homophobia founded. So I'm just like, uh, let's uh, like listen to the people and bring resources to like people who need it. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it is notable that a lot of um, protests and uprising is in areas that has um, liberals elect democratic mayors and stuff as well. Is that, that's been something I've read. Seattle. What was it? Um, that Seattle's mayor is like a Democrat or something like that. I've seen like lots of uprisings. So it's like the two sides of the political system are invested in this system. Yeah, it's really just sad. Like I feel like the Democrats and the Republicans are just the same part of the same institutions. The reason why I say that, like an example, Jenny, there come like, yeah, even though she's a Democrat and like she's also lesbian, but like she's also white privileged person with a lot of like white privileged blinders on, which uh, an example of that, like the protesters have been saying like defund the police and defunding means to put money into resources that the communities need, such as like um, mental health services, social support services, counseling as well as like nonprofits that help like with tutoring like in school like like math homework or something um college and like all all the different rehabilitation programs that are needed especially if you're like homeless or or was like formerly incarcerated and like transitioning from like being released from prison and like finding like stable housing and then like an employment so so when I say like Republicans and Democrats are just like all a part of the same beast, an example would be Jenny Durkheim, but not just that. Um, Joe Biden, for example, like, yeah, people say Joe Biden's the most liberal, but like Joe Biden's voting record has been problematic, harming like black and brown communities and, and like supporting war. Another thing like reading about his um, history on sexual assault, uh, that's a really big tragedy. Tra- tra- tragedy um how it impacts like women but not just women like there are like lgbtq survivors of abuse um non-binary people who are also survivors um cisgender men are also survivors so like 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 i like one critiques i have like people just need to stop gendering violence because like violence impacts people in different ways like yes like let's analyze patriarchy and how like masculinity contributes, but I also met a lot of films who are also perpetuators of violence and that needs to be accounted for. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, even in, yeah, especially in like queer communities, it's, it's like um, 
this downplaying of or this this sort of still taking the heterosexual lens around in like violence in communities and it's and it's like so and there's like no evidence that like um femmes or mass people in queer communities that either is like worse it's just across the board there's still way too much intimate violence going on um i was thinking we are uh, thinking because you got in touch with the queering the air program page um how did you find out about us um, I think it was like different. Uh, Facebook is one example, and I think it was just like a posting of a topic that's about like LGBTQ identity or something. And I was just like, "Oh yeah, I am part of this community, and I want to have a platform to like um, share with people like my thoughts about how I view the world, um, especially promote myself as an artist who does spoken word poetry and hip hop about." social justice topics. Uh, the topics I talk about are like aromantic identity, asexual, gray aromantic, gray asexuality, um, being HIV positive since birth, uh, queer and uh, transgender and black. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've been HIV positive since birth. Have you found much community from that experience? Um, the communities I met, I've <laughs> I like I say yes and no like the reason why I say yes I was a part of a summer camp program like at the age of five until 18 so about 20 years I was with this organization called Rise and Shine and then they work with like young people um, young people like children and teenagers who are impacted or living with HIV and they send them to summer camp so like I met other people who are impacted by HIV and some who are HIV positive since they were like young through this organization and we went like we went to summer camp um so it was like fun going to summer camp like being like five-year-old through like uh, age 18 like going to summer camp for like the 20 years of my life and then like connecting with other people and the reason why I say no is like without those organizations like people are isolated and it's like sad how like the nonprofit industrial complex keeps striking back and like doing and cut and like removing organizations that are vital to the community such as that organization rise and, Sh rise and shine that organization rise and shine is no longer in existence and that's like the only organization in the seattle area that serves mm. hiv positive people especially um those who are impacted impacted by hiv um and that was like one of the only resources i i had as an hiv positive child and teenager meeting other people who are impacted or living with HIV as a way to like cope with the trauma of HIV and then since that organization is no longer in existence like where do these populations go yeah that's concerning I guess over here in Melbourne we've had like a proliferation of not-for-profits in terms of LGBTQ and range of areas um but we're seeing like professionalization of, of like, um, just a class of people that are a bit like disconnected from what's happening on the ground in terms of what they're focusing on. Do you see that yeah. where you are as well? Um, yes. Like the reason how the, um, that organization got disbanded was because the board members had no like direct, um, direct association with the organization which steered away from the mission so like none of the people on the board um like was brought up with the organization so like that organization worked primarily worked with families children and teenagers impacted or living with hiv and i question like the leadership of those if they were actually hiv positive but it's also no way to tell a person's hiv positive unless they disclose it it so people could have been HIV positive like on the board but not have been visible about it but I also understand that like board people like had no um, connection to the um, organization itself because like none of them like attended summer camp or like was like a camper in that program it was just like outsider people um, in charge of the leadership which like changed their mission and they became like a um, like a grant organization, but I'm not really sure what happened to them. And the, like, it was disbanded about like, like 10 years ago. 
You're listening to 3CR Community yeah. Radio, Melbourne's voice yes. of dissent. Really 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. Fitzroy Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 501. Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter. Thinking now shifting to friendship because you've like, yeah, you've written a bit about friendship and that's also saying that I've covered a bit when I've done this program on Querying the Air on 3CR. Um, so what does friendship mean to you? Um, I have <laughs> different definitions. I know like when I like asexual and aromantic are terms that I use to describe my identity, like asexual people, some of them are sex repulse and then it's also fluid term when you use the term asexual. But for me, like it, at the time of like my teenagers up until the age of 21, I was a sex repulse asexual. And then I also use the term aromantic and aromantics are generally people who are romantic repulse. And there's also aromantics who are on the spectrum and some of them are romantic favorable. And that's the time of like my teenage years, I was like a romantic repulse aromantic. Uh, and then at the age of 21, that's when I started using the term gray asexual and gray aromantic. And gray is a metaphor um, within the asexual and aromantic communities to describe a fluctuating sexuality. So for example, I use the term gray asexual uh, to acknowledge my sex or post asexuality as a teenager uh, up until the age of 21. 21 is when I started using the term gray. And then gray aromanticism is a way for me to acknowledge like my romantic repulse, asex, aromantic identity. And I use gray to acknowledge like, yes, I'm interested in romantic relationships. And the reason why I use those terms are to, the reason why I started off with those definitions, because like the term friendship is different for everyone so it's like within an asexual perspective a romantic perspective take on friendship and in the within those communities they use the term called aleromantic and aleromantics are generally the um, the norm within society of those who experience sexual or romantic attraction in a consistent way and are considered the norm i also like to add some aleromantics also experience sexual and or romantic uh, romantic attraction in a non-linear way or inconsistent way because there's like some people who are single but not necessarily asexual or aromantic mm. um, and that's like and being single is like another perspective um, take as it relates with like discrimination um, so the term friendship, it just means for me, like just someone just to hang out with, to talk about different ideas. Um, I feel like there's different types of attraction. I guess it also gets confusing because I feel like there's an asexual perspective as it relates with friendship and aromantic perspective. And then like what general society says what friendships are. Um, for me, I define a friendship as someone just like in my life who just like wants to hang out, like makes me a part of their day, like by text messaging me a hello, inviting me to events, showing up with that social emotional need or that support. Um, so 
I feel like a friendship is just like someone just always there. Um, sometimes like I haven't talked to a lot of like my friends who I haven't talked to like in like 10 years or nine. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, we're still friends. But I also know like I reached out in the past and like sometimes I feel like people don't want to reciprocate a relationship or friendship. Also notice I also ghost on people too. So I guess it's a catch-22 um, navigating the world like with the various identities. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, picking up a bit on friendship and it being devalued and also, yeah, living in a society that is kind of like anti-single and very different in varying different ways. Why do you think that is? Um, I feel like within society, like everyone is expected to like fall in love, be in a relationship and within that mindset, like, yes, being in a relationship will solve all of my problems. And I know for me, <laughs> I've been single since, like, I'm 31 years old. So I've been single for 31 years of my life. Um, I also feel like I've been asexual for a while and aromantic. But I also know that I'm gray. <laughs> and that gets really complicated. Um, but I also acknowledge my asexual and aromantic identities. Um, I guess one could be like being single for like 31 years of my life and I'm 31 and I also know that I had romantic connections with people um, sometimes I feel like <laughs> like it's like um, trying to pinpoint scientifically with math like the origins of my sexuality <laughs> mm. and I feel like I'm just all over the place um with the different labels because like I'm asexual because like yeah I was sex repulsed as a teen I know that my sexuality shifted at the age of 21 and then aromantic um and then my sexuality shifted at the age of 21 and like t today currently I'm known very fluid and gray and what that means is like I am interested in sex and I'm also interested in romantic relationships um I also write about this in one of my songs I could share. <laughs> mm. I'll share it. <laughs> most times I'm not gay. Most times I'm not gay enough, queer enough, because I don't date or love enough. Never had love, never wanted love. Never been in a relationship. People say I'm Mars like a spaceship alien. Because I never wanted love, been in love, got teased, harassed, and broke, ridiculed like a joke. My high school, college, middle school friends, and family be all up in my business. Trying to hook me up with someone fly, asking me if I'm dating this guy. Your questions are pervasive, gawking me, teasing me, as if being wanted for my body lust, adored and mourned to desire to consume me. No air left for me to breathe in, gasping for my air, reaching for my queer. I'm never fitting in with these romantic queers. They say to be human, straight, queer, and gay is to follow these seven rites of passage. Love, come out, have sex, get married, have kids, engage, 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 romance, romance, romance. People gossip, chatter constantly on and on and on on about lovers relationship partners hookups they never ever pause the conversation to focus on the friend who is lonely and silent content and complacent these conversations are deadly where do people turn to when no one is listening this world is built for romance because people struggle hella hard just to build community reaching for my friends reaching for community reaching for my family i'm constantly reaching no one's there i know people are busy why is it so hard to have a friendship show up in the city i told my therapist what is one thing i want my friendships to know i want to feel feel a priority be a part of someone's day say hey i just want to kick it watch movies or write poetry through a text message tell me about your day these necessities feels it's granted only to the romance because people struggle hella hard just to build community reaching for my friends reaching for community reaching for my family i'm constantly reaching no one's there i know people are busy 
Why is it so hard to have a friendship show up in the city? This phenomenon is sad, tossing people like salad. When I know platonic, intimate friendships, community organizing, healing ciphers saved me. My life from misery gave me my first true love, rhythm in poetry, my survival art mock. My survival art mocked. <laughs> my survival art mocked. When I tell people I don't date or love enough, never had love, never wanted love, never been in a relationship. People say I'm Mars like a spaceship alien because I never wanted love, been in love, no air left for me to breathe in, gasping for my air, reaching for my queer. I'm never fitting in with these romantic queers. I don't date, I don't love, I'm still queer. I'm still ace when I'm gray and horny for gay sex. I'm still arrow when I want a relationship. I'm still accountable not to pimp an identity that isn't mine. Most times I'm not gay enough, queer enough, because I don't date or love enough. Never had love, never wanted love, never been in a relationship. People say I'm Mars like a spaceship alien because I never wanted love, been in love. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, yeah, just really touching on how, like, the absurd amount of scrutiny you get if, yeah, you have the experience like yours and not going, like, along with the dominant expectations there. Um, and touching on, yeah, like, desirability politics and how that messes so many people over who don't meet, like, oppress- the oppressive standards of desirability i guess um i was wondering if we could talk a bit about your creativity as you've just shown um so you're an artist did you grow up as a creative person i started writing at the age of 13 um when i was younger like before the age of 13 i didn't really think of myself as a creative person i also i I, I know like experienced trauma and I like I guess connected with people and talked about it but I didn't consider myself as a creative person until the age of 13 when I started writing poetry Mm. so it was like those experiences some heavy experiences got you into writing poetry um is what's your process like for poetry and spoken word um I guess depends like Sometimes I just, like, write, like, just write it all out, just get it all out of my brain, and then I just go back and read it out loud. Um, Sometimes I think about, like, um, I guess the type of poem I, like, want to write, because I'm used to being, like, a slam. When I say slam, like, competition, like, competing in competitions, competitions where there's other poets, and they, like, usually have three minutes to perform each piece, so I'm, like, used to like making my pieces for the slam so like every time like so first i like free write just get everything i brain dump like for like 20 minutes 30 minutes i just like write random stuff then i go back read out loud to see like what i wrote and then i think about the rhythm the reason why i think about the rhythm because like i my style is like more of a um like slam poet who's like competing for slams so I like make my pieces like three minutes I also know that I'm also like a hip-hop style so I like to have my word words rhyme with a certain cadence but sometimes like like none of my poems like doesn't have to rhyme but usually I rhyme because that's like my style um I like playing with words and making them rhyme and flow then I also think about like the message like does this make sense do I get my point across sometimes like it's hard to get like all of my points across in particular poem but I usually just have like several poems to help with those like different train of thoughts but sometimes I'm like I can't do all this train of thoughts so I have to like think about like the larger theme of like what I'm trying to get out and like if it makes sense to the audience Mm. yeah so much in in that and doing all that um in the creative process do you have like favorite poets or spoken word artists artists people that have influenced you yeah one of my favorite bloggers um his name is brandon lacy campos and this person is black and latinx uh gay and hiv positive um he actually died like five years ago but the reason why he's uh that person's my favorite blogger is that 
the person just writes all about my identities and their experiences with like HIV as well as being gay and black and like Latino and a person of color navigating all the different institutions. And I was like, wow, your like presence is so inspiring. Mm. Um, and you also do a lot of education work because you have positively positive, um, positively positive education productions. How did you get into that? Um, I know I've been performing for like <laughs> like twenty years now, and I know being an entrepreneur has been pretty uh, isolating because it's like all about like the business licensing. And like things cost money. Um, I wish it was like more accessible, accessible in terms of helping poor people get to like success. Um, I also admire like people of color who are founders in the uh, nonprofit world as well as like their own businesses. Because like being an entrepreneur is super isolating. The reason why I say it's isolating because it's like so like a lot of legal jargon, um, but it's like that's important but it's also important just like doing what you love and like connecting with people and it's actually like it's like a lot of trial and error of being a business owner um and just like getting your feet wet and just like i feel like it's like i feel like i'm just like always like like as a business owner just like always swimming and not really sure where to go i'm just like applying to random grants or like random opportunities like there's people out there that would help like with the resources to get to where you go but sometimes I feel like a lot of that's gate kept and even more so if you're like part of a marginalized community and I'm like triply marginalized so I feel like a lot of the information is super gate kept so it's like super hard to like <laughs> I guess make it in the world as an entrepreneur mm. um, is there anything else you'd like to touch on or shout out to um you asked about last thoughts i said like shout out to my ancestors for helping me be where i'm at today um my family um shout out to survivors of abuse yeah love my communities of people um asexuals and aromantics are lgbtq they're part of the community of queerness uh I am one of the only artists in the world that talks about HIV positive issues since birth. A person who is black and asexual and aromantic. And I talk about all of those identities through my art. Cool. And I can visit you at Positively. Is Positive to be Positive? ITS Positive to be Positive.net. I have a Facebook page, Instagram, YouTube, and a Patreon. Um, and I have Cash App, um, Reparations22. Then I have the uh, PayPal and the VMO. <laughs> I'm all over the social webs, hopefully to grow my work. And that was the interview with Positively Positive, based in Seattle. You're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Next up, we're having a bracket of two fab songs, Grand Ideas by Alice Skye and Better Things by Kayan.
Well, there's some really great tracks coming out by First Nations artist out of so-called Melbourne. That was Grand Ideas by Alice Skies and before that, Better Things by K-On. I'm Iris. And we're now at the end of today's program of Queering the Air. Thanks for listening. You can contact us on our Facebook, Twitter, or at queeringtheair at gmail.com. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio. Isolated? Quarantined? Need some essentials but can't leave the house? Or just having a hard time dealing with everything at the moment? Queer Aid NAM is a new mutual aid group of organized volunteers. We're here, we're queer, and we've got your back. Whether or not that's how you identify, nobody should be suffering because capitalism or the state didn't provide what they needed. That's why we're working to strengthen our communities through solidarity. Put in a request for help and we'll match you with a volunteer in your area who can either pick up groceries or other essentials for you, help you run errands, cook meals for you, or check in with how you're going. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, or if you want to join the volunteer list, find us on queeraidmelbourne.org or search for us via Facebook. COVID-19 Queer Aid Nam Melbourne. So tell your family and your friends and don't forget your neighbours. That's QueerAidMelbourne.org, a 3CR supporter. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.